How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 710, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, a very happy Friday to you and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send me the questions and I answer them for you. All right, let's hear today's question as we optimize your life. Hey, Dr. Neil, a uh, big fan of yours. My question is, I've been working out a lot. I've been doing a lot of cardio as cycling and running uh, for a couple of years now, but my lower abdomen fat just doesn't seem to go. Uh, it doesn't seem to shed. Do you have any thoughts or ideas as to how I could reduce it? Thanks. Thank you for your question, Abby. And thank you for your kind words. I'm so glad you enjoyed the podcast. Ah, that stubborn belly fat. First, I must mention that it's fantastic that you've been consistent with your cardio. This is not easy and you deserve credit for this. But I can understand your frustration with belly fat. This is the area of the body that most tend to struggle with. Even for myself, when I gain weight, It's like the floodgates around my belly are wide open. It feels like my body is purposefully sending fat to the belly and nowhere else. But yet when I lose weight, it's like those very same floodgates are now closed. It's as if now my body tells itself that this belly fat area is off limits. So it just sticks around longer. And again, sadly, this is not just a problem that you and I have, Abby. It's very common. In fact, we're learning that men and women tend to store fat in different areas of the body. Women tend to store excess fat around their hips. The hips are defined as the widest area above the zone where the glutes meet the hamstrings. Men, however, tend to store excess fat around the abdomen. And unfortunately for us guys, storing body fat around the abdomen is more dangerous to our health. We're learning that the fat stored around the belly behaves differently than the fat stored around the hips. Belly fat increases our risk for developing heart disease and even some forms of cancer. Fat stored around the hips, where ladies tend to store it, behaves differently. It doesn't seem to increase risk for disease. Now, there are exceptions, of course, to this rule. You might see women with more fat around their abdomen and very little around their hips. 
This is because we're also learning that where we store fat on our bodies is a function of our DNA, specifically how our parents held on to their body fat. So yes, gender does seem to play a role, but so do other elements of our DNA. Diet and exercise, of course, are important. But something else that we need to consider, drumroll please, is stress. So since it may be challenging to actually change our DNA, let's discuss some ways within our control to deal with this belly fat problem. Tip number one, manage your stress. Unfortunately, we forget what an important role stress can play when it comes to how we store our excess calories. Researchers have discovered that when we are under chronic distress, meaning our stress is continuing to be unresolved and this goes on for weeks, months, or years, we are more likely to store our calories as belly fat. Somehow, when we're under stress, the body prefers to store fat there. We don't know why this is, but either way, we need to monitor our stress levels and find ways to effectively cope in order to help us get rid of that belly fat. Tip number two, exercise. Abby, you mentioned that you've been consistent with your cardiovascular activity. I'm assuming you're talking about walking, jogging or running, bicycling, swimming, using the row machine, etc. And again, those are fantastic exercises. Something you can consider, if you haven't already, is to mix things up with your cardio routine. If you normally go for a 60-minute jog at a modest pace, consider running a mile as fast as you can instead. Or perform sets of sprints. Basically, I want you to consider some high-intensity interval training, also known as HIT. Based on a number of studies, we're finding that this type of training can help the body use fat as fuel during and after your workout. Now, please don't perform high-intensity interval training for every single workout. Just sprinkle it in every now and then to mix things up. I would also highly recommend incorporating some resistance training into your routine. Why? Well, this is one of the best ways to increase your muscle mass and size. Potentially, the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn all the time. This is great for preventing excess calories from being stored as body fat. Also, when you incorporate both cardio and resistance training regularly, you actually change how your body chooses to store its calories. So in a way, you're sort of kind of changing your DNA. Now this takes time and you have to be consistent, but we're learning that as you increase your cardiorespiratory and muscular fitness levels, your body will choose to store the calories you consume, not as fat, but as other forms of stored energy. For example, imagine two versions of your future self. Version 1.0 is you not doing any cardio or resistance training. And version 2.0 is you performing both regularly. What we'd find is that version 1.0 would be more prone to storing calories as fat. But version 2.0, the one that's performing resistance training and cardio consistently with a little bit of hit thrown in, this version is preferring to store its calories in other ways, not as body fat. And finally, tip number three, diet. You knew we'd have to discuss this one. We wanna create a slight calorie deficit. This will hopefully trick your body into using some of its body fat stores as fuel. To do this, you need to eat slightly less than you are right now. Now, don't make any dramatic changes, and I'm not talking about yo-yo dieting, but think about small things like consuming half a dessert instead of the whole thing, or skip one soda every day, or have a half cup of rice or pasta instead of a full cup and fill up the rest with non-starchy vegetables. Non-starchy vegetables are things like spinach, kale, onions, mushrooms, broccoli, bell peppers, asparagus, 
basically anything that's not corn, peas, or potatoes. If you're into tracking your food intake, I have found that the magic formula is to consume about 50% of your daily calories coming from whole grains. About 25% of your calories can come from lean protein and about 25% from mostly unsaturated fats. If you do this consistently with time, the body will turn into burning off some of that belly fat. But again, it takes time. So the keywords here are consistency and time. Have patience and trust the process. One way to easily monitor your process and see if these tricks are actually working is to see how your clothes are fitting. If you realize that your pants start to feel loose, then keep up the great work. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So, press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. And don't forget, we're always accepting more questions for the Friday Q&A. It makes me super happy to listen to and answer your questions. And if you send one in, you'll be entered into a very small raffle every month to win a book. Just come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. Or you can call in your question. The number is 61 I love OHD. Both methods are in this episode's description, which you can find at oldpodcast.com. I thank you again for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for sending in your questions. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday where your optimal life awaits.